Welcome to The Locally, Season 1, Episode 3. I'm your host, Sean Turner, and I'm on a mission to demystify the world of tech for business owners and entrepreneurs like you. Each week, I talk through a few topics of interest and sometimes sit down with experts and innovators to give you the inside scoop on how you can understand where we're going and how to leverage technology to take your business to the next level. So grab a cup of coffee and get ready to up your tech game. Now, episode two garnered a lot of feedback, particularly around job displacement and the moral and ethical obligations of employers and big tech companies to mitigate uh, the impact of AI and to help people adapt to this new future. Ian from London emailed me uh, strategy at gmail.com to ask if the implementation of UBI is basically just another benefit for joblessness. Well, yes and no. UBI is compensation for job loss, but I see it as being a more long-term socio-economic strategic compensatory structure for the very in- from the very industries that benefit the most. The structure of UBI and its source, the control and taxation of it, need to be carefully thought through and managed. So, in my opinion, it's not something that the state can, could or should control. I'm not sure that members of parliament, for example, have the capacity, the wherewithal and the long-term vision for overseeing the creation and management of this sort of uh, project, given that they exist and strive to ensure that they get into power again at the next election. I see a need for a universal extra-governmental mechanism for designing, managing and implementing UBI that is both inflation-proof and provides for a very comfortable standard of living that also allows for those on the UBI uh, to give them the space, time and capacity to explore and develop their own response to the AI revolution, be that in the tech field or creativity or art or whatever it is. It can't, in my opinion, be managed by the state. And crucially, my first thoughts would be that each UBI should be subject to a 10% maximum tax levy, being set at a maximum base income of 35,000 for every single person on this income and should be a social contract for between three and seven years. Those are just my initial thoughts. Obviously, there's a lot of um, planning and and financial impacts around that. But as a start of the 10, it will be paid for by tech companies and companies who have benefited significantly from automation and the rise of AI, incentivized through a simpler corporation tax structure. 
and UBI present us with a unique opportunity to remodel our tax and state structures. Now, obviously, we can delve into this in a future episode, and I'd love to get an economist on to talk through some of the implications, positive and negative, of this UBI. But I think that the idea of a UBI has merit from a non-political and from a cultural and societal position. Sarah from Amersham got in touch by emailing us again at strategy.gmail.com to ask if I was going to do an episode on Internet of Things in manufacturing and the future of that sector. And yes, I will. If you've got any contacts or suggestions for a guest, then please do let me know and I'll reach out. Thanks again for your comments and feedback. I'm glad the audio quality was better and I keep tweaking it. Anyway, on with the show. This week, we have something a little different. I'll be interviewing someone who is very well known right now um, and who some of you will have interacted with maybe without even knowing. Um, there, Obviously, they have a lot of experience and knowledge in on the subject of generative AI and language models, the development of pseudo-conscious engines and ethical implications for that technology. Um, we're going to have a look at some ethics, the future of financing for AI, and how small businesses can make use of AI, deep learning and machine learning. Well, I know you don't have much time, so and I appreciate you coming on. So can we just start by looking at the current picture of AI, generative and large language models? If you had to summarize the state of the AI union as it is now, what would you say? Machine learning and artificial intelligence are rapidly advancing fields, with a wide range of applications in areas such as computer vision, natural language processing, and decision making. There have been significant improvements in the capabilities of these technologies in recent years, and they are being increasingly adopted in industries such as healthcare, finance, and transportation. Additionally, the availability of large amounts of data and powerful computing resources has greatly facilitated the development and deployment of these technologies. However, there are also concerns about the ethical implications of artificial intelligence and the potential for job displacement. Overall, the outlook for machine learning and artificial intelligence is very positive, but it is important to continue to monitor and address any potential negative impacts. Could you, um, could you just elaborate on, on what some of those ethical concerns might be? Some of the most prominent ones include 1. Bias. Machine learning algorithms can perpetuate and even amplify societal biases if they are trained on biased data. This can lead to unfair decisions and discriminatory outcomes. 2. Job displacement. Artificial intelligence and automation are likely to displace many jobs, particularly in industries such as transportation and manufacturing. This could lead to significant economic disruption and inequality. 3. Privacy. The collection, storage, and use of personal data for artificial intelligence training and deployment raises significant privacy concerns. There are also concerns about the potential for artificial intelligence systems to be used for surveillance or other forms of mass monitoring. 
4. Explainability. Many artificial intelligence systems, particularly those using deep learning techniques, can be difficult to understand and interpret. This can make it difficult to understand how decisions are being made and identify potential errors or biases. 5. Safety. The development of autonomous systems, such as self-driving cars, raises concerns about safety and liability in the event of accidents. 6. Superintelligence. There is a concern about artificial intelligence surpassing human intelligence in the future. This could lead to a number of ethical dilemmas and challenges, such as how to control or regulate superintelligent systems. These ethical concerns are important to consider as we continue to develop and deploy artificial intelligence systems, and ongoing research and dialogue is necessary to address them. Do you think that those concerns have the potential to cause any issues that will require regulation on design, development and the use of AI? either nationally or internationally. The ethical concerns related to the development and use of artificial intelligence, such as bias, job displacement, privacy, explainability, and safety, have the potential to cause significant issues if left unaddressed. Therefore, it is important for there to be ongoing research, dialogue, and regulation around these issues to ensure that the benefits of artificial intelligence can be fully realized while minimizing any negative impacts. Regulation could take many forms, such as laws, industry standards, or guidelines, and may focus on areas such as data collection and use, transparency, and accountability. It is important that any regulation is developed in consultation with experts from a wide range of fields, including computer science, ethics, law, and economics, to ensure that it is both effective and practical. In general, a balance is needed between promoting innovation and protecting citizens, so that the development and use of artificial intelligence align with the values and goals of society. So, are we likely to need a, a global body to uh, oversee uh, artificial intelligence innovation and to regulate what is being developed or what is being um, proposed. The question of whether a global body is needed to oversee artificial intelligence innovation and regulate its development is a complex one. On one hand, artificial intelligence has the potential to affect people and societies globally, so a coordinated global approach could be beneficial in ensuring that its development aligns with the values and goals of society. Additionally, a global body could help to address issues such as cross-border data flows and the potential for artificial intelligence to be used for malicious purposes. On the other hand, artificial intelligence innovation is happening at a rapid pace, and the global body could struggle to keep up with the latest developments and be able to make effective regulations. Additionally, there are significant differences between countries in terms of the technological capabilities, economic and political systems, and legal frameworks, which would need to be taken into account in any global regulation. So, a global body could be beneficial, but it would need to be nimble and adaptive to the rapidly changing field of AI, as well as respecting the diversity of the countries and cultures. Additionally, it would need to be built on a broad consensus, involving stakeholders from various sectors and countries, to be effective and to avoid unintended consequences. Mm, yes. Uh, isn't that the problem, though? Uh, building a broad consensus across many competing socio-political bodies could prove problematic. Do you think capitalism would, as a, as a, as a structure and a form, would help or hinder ethical AI development? And, you know, are there any implications for those competing ideologies that we have across the globe? 
building a broad consensus across many competing socio-political bodies can indeed be a challenging task, especially when it comes to issues related to the development and use of artificial intelligence. One of the main challenges is that different countries and regions have different priorities and perspectives on AI, which can make it difficult to agree on a common set of regulations and standards. Capitalism, as an economic system, prioritizes the private sector and profit-making, and this could potentially lead to a focus on short-term gains rather than long-term ethical considerations in the development of artificial intelligence. However, capitalism also encourages innovation and competition, which can drive the development of artificial intelligence. In order for artificial intelligence development to be done ethically, it is important that there is a balance between the economic incentives to develop and deploy artificial intelligence and the need to address ethical concerns such as privacy, bias, and safety. This can be achieved through a mix of self-regulation, industry standards, and government oversight. Additionally, it is important to ensure that the benefits of artificial intelligence are distributed fairly, and that there is transparency and accountability in the development and use of artificial intelligence. It is also worth mentioning that, while capitalism is an important factor, it's not the only one that affects the ethical development of artificial intelligence. There are other factors such as culture, education, and the legal system that play a role. And then speaking of uh, distribution of the benefits of AI across the globe, how, how do we ensure that less developed economies benefit equally, if not more, from advances in artificial intelligence and that they reap the benefits of the economic and the quality of life improvements that this technology will bring? This is indeed a complex and challenging task. Some of the key strategies that could be considered include 1. Investment in education and skills development, developing the necessary skills and knowledge base to take advantage of artificial intelligence opportunities is essential for less developed economies. This could include investing in education and training programs to prepare people for jobs in the technology sector. 2. Access to technology and infrastructure, less developed economies often have less access to the technology and infrastructure needed to take advantage of artificial intelligence opportunities. This could include providing support for the development of local technology companies and the expansion of internet and mobile networks. 3. Encourage local innovation. Encourage and support local innovation in AI. This could include providing funding, resources and support for local entrepreneurs and startups working on artificial intelligence projects. 4. Public-private partnerships. Encourage public-private partnerships to bring together the resources and expertise of government, industry, and academia to support the development and deployment of artificial intelligence in less developed economies. 5. Fair distribution of benefits. Ensure that the benefits of artificial intelligence are distributed fairly across society, and that efforts are made to address the potential negative impacts of artificial intelligence on less developed economies. 6. Collaboration and coordination. Collaboration and coordination between developed and less developed economies is crucial in ensuring that the benefits of artificial intelligence are shared globally. It is important to note that this is not an exhaustive list, and that each country and region will have unique challenges and opportunities when it comes to taking advantage of artificial intelligence. Additionally, it is important to remember that artificial intelligence alone is not a panacea for all development issues, and that other factors such as governance, education, and infrastructure also play a vital role. So how do you think uh, organizations like Google, Amazon, Alibaba, OpenAI, etc. can play 
Um, and will they will they play a positive part in this equal distribution of benefits? The companies that you have mentioned possess the resources and expertise to play a significant role in ensuring that the benefits of artificial intelligence are distributed equally across the globe. Some of the ways they can do this include 1. Investing in local communities and economies. Technology companies can invest in local communities and economies through initiatives such as opening research centers, providing funding for local startups, and supporting the development of local technology and innovation ecosystems. 2. Collaborating with local organizations and governments. Technology companies can collaborate with local organizations and governments to support the development and deployment of artificial intelligence in less developed economies. This could include sharing expertise, resources, and technology. 3. Developing and sharing open-source artificial intelligence technologies and platforms. Companies like Open Artificial Intelligence can contribute to the development and distribution of open-source artificial intelligence technologies and platforms, which can help to lower the barriers to entry for less developed economies and encourage local innovation. 4. Training and Education These companies can provide training and education programs that focus on building skills and knowledge in artificial intelligence and related fields, such as data science and machine learning. This can help to build a local talent base that can take advantage of artificial intelligence opportunities. 5. Ethical considerations. These companies can also lead by example by developing their artificial intelligence technologies with ethical considerations in mind, such as fairness, privacy, explainability and safety. It is important to note that these are not mutually exclusive and that the companies can do multiple things simultaneously. Additionally, it's important to keep in mind that these actions alone are not enough, there is a need for a comprehensive and collaborative approach involving governments, private sectors, and civil society to ensure that the benefits of artificial intelligence are widely distributed. So, I mean, thinking a bit more about OpenAI, more detail, do you think it's fulfilling its initial goals when it was founded? Well, look. OpenAI is primarily a research organization that aims to promote and develop friendly artificial intelligence in a responsible way. Since its founding, OpenAI has made significant contributions to the field of artificial intelligence, particularly in the areas of natural language processing and reinforcement learning. It has released several state-of-the-art artificial intelligence models such as GPT-2 and GPT-3, which have been widely adopted in industry and academia. It makes sure that the artificial intelligence models they release are safe and aligned with human values. They have also been actively engaging with stakeholders from various sectors to discuss ethical considerations and the future of artificial intelligence. It is worth noting that as a research organization with its goal to advance the field of artificial intelligence, not to generate profits or commercialize its research directly, OpenAI works hard to deliver resources, but it also has a for-profit arm, OpenAI LP, which aims to develop and commercialize some of its technologies to fund its research. Overall, OpenAI is fulfilling its initial goal of promoting friendly artificial intelligence and making it available to the public in a responsible way, but it is a long-term goal and progress is being made in the right direction. And what risk does Google as an organization pose to OpenAI and its, um, its ideals, its, its mission? Well, Google is a large and well-established technology company with significant resources and expertise in the field of artificial intelligence, including natural language processing. As such, it poses a significant risk to OpenAI in terms of competition for technology leadership in the area of general text processing models. 
Google has its own research team and AI models such as BERT and T5, which are widely used in the industry and academia. These models are considered state-of-the-art in the field of natural language processing and have been used for a wide range of tasks such as language translation, language understanding and text generation. Google also has access to large amounts of data, which it can use to train its models, giving it a significant advantage in terms of data availability. Additionally, Google has the resources to invest in the development of new AI technologies and applications, which could put it ahead of OpenAI in terms of the development of new AI models and applications. All that said, it is important to remember that competition and innovation can be beneficial for the field, as it pushes companies and researchers to continue to innovate and improve their technologies. Okay, so um, pivoting a little bit, I'd like to focus on how small and medium enterprises can make use of AI. What are the possible ways that artificial intelligence can make a difference to the way that, for example, manufacturers can utilize um, the plethora of information and data that they currently have um, within AI and ML tools available now? Well, SMEs can make use of artificial intelligence and machine learning tools in a wide variety of ways to improve their operations and gain a competitive advantage. For example, one, predictive maintenance, Artificial intelligence and ML can be used to analyze sensor data from equipment and predict when maintenance will be needed, reducing downtime and increasing efficiency. 2. Quality control. Artificial intelligence and ML can be used to analyze images and sensor data to detect defects in products, allowing for early detection and correction of quality issues. 3. Supply chain optimization. Artificial intelligence and ML can be used to analyze data from suppliers, logistics, and production to optimize the supply chain and reduce costs. 4. Automation. Artificial intelligence and ML can be used to automate repetitive tasks, such as data entry, freeing up employees for more valuable tasks and increasing efficiency. 5. Personalization. Artificial intelligence and ML can be used to analyze customer data and personalize products, services and marketing, increasing customer satisfaction and retention. 6. Sales and marketing. Artificial intelligence and ML can be used to analyze customer data and predict future trends, which can then be used to make better informed sales and marketing decisions. Now, these are just a few examples of how artificial intelligence and ML can be used in the manufacturing industry and each company will have unique challenges and opportunities. Additionally, it's important for SMEs to assess their own capabilities and resources before implementing AI, and consider working with partners or experts to ensure a successful implementation. And you mentioned capabilities and resources as something SMEs need to consider. Uh, is the knowledge level required to access and utilize these tools, is that coming down? Is it being more democratized as we see low-code and no-code solutions coming online? Yes, the knowledge level required to access and utilize artificial intelligence and ML tools is indeed coming down as more low-code and no-code solutions become available. Low-code and no-code solutions are designed to make it easier for non-technical users to create and deploy artificial intelligence and ML models, without the need for extensive programming knowledge. Low-code platforms provide a visual interface for creating and deploying models, allowing users to drag and drop components and use pre-built templates. This can reduce the need for coding expertise, but still require a certain level of understanding of the underlying concepts. No-code solutions, on the other hand, can be completely operated by non-technical users and do not require any programming knowledge. 
these solutions can be used to automate tasks such as data cleaning, feature engineering and model selection, and can be operated through simple web-based interfaces. These low-code and no-code solutions can make it easier for SMEs to access and utilize artificial intelligence and ML capabilities, but it's important to keep in mind that they still require some level of understanding of the underlying concepts, as well as the specific use case and data that the models will be working on. Additionally, it's important to ensure that the models are working as intended, and that the results are trustworthy. That said, it's worth mentioning that as the field of artificial intelligence and ML is rapidly evolving, it's important for SMEs to keep their employees updated with the latest developments and tools in the field, in order to fully benefit from the technology. Do you, uh, do you think that employers have a duty to ensure that their employees are aware of and trained in and exposed to new technologies to allow them to maximize the potential for process streamlining and to better explore their own potential, um, better decision-making and new career challenges. Is that important for employers to, to, to have a strategy for that? It can be argued that employers have a duty to ensure their employees are ready to face, use and utilize new technologies in order to allow both the company and the employees to maximize the potential benefits. Investing in employee training and development in new technologies can improve the efficiency, productivity and competitiveness of the company. It can also provide employees with new career opportunities and help them to stay relevant in the changing job market. Additionally, employers have a duty to provide a safe and healthy work environment for their employees, and this includes ensuring that the employees are able to work with the latest and most efficient technologies. Moreover, as the speed of technological change continues to accelerate, it's becoming increasingly important for employers to keep their teams updated with the latest developments and tools in the field. This will not only help the employees to stay relevant in the changing job market, but also help the company to stay competitive and efficient. In summary, employers have a duty to ensure that their employees are aware of and trained in new technologies, as this can not only benefit the company, but also the employees in terms of new career opportunities and staying relevant in the changing job market. I see. Interesting. That, uh, interesting that you determine that employees do have a responsibility. That's something that we will have to pick up later on, maybe in a future episode. Um, I'm also going to be talking to Sharon Matthew, who really look, has a vested interest and, and really is deeply involved in ethics around AI. So that'll be something in a future episode that we cover. Um, you, if you were just entering the job market now, what area of artificial intelligence would you focus on as having the most potential for growth and innovation? Well. Based on current developments and trends in the field of artificial intelligence, some areas that may have significant potential for growth and innovation include computer vision, the ability of machines to interpret and understand visual data is becoming increasingly important, and is already being used in a wide range of applications such as self-driving cars, surveillance, and medical imaging. Natural language processing (NLP). The ability of machines to understand and generate human language is becoming increasingly important, and is already being used in a wide range of applications such as chatbots, language translation, and text-to-speech. Reinforcement learning. The ability for machines to learn and improve through trial and error is becoming increasingly important, and is already being used in a wide range of applications such as game playing, robotics, and autonomous systems. 
Explainable AI, the ability of machines to explain the decision-making processes, is becoming increasingly important as it helps to build trust and transparency in artificial intelligence systems and is already being used in applications such as healthcare, finance, and legal systems. Edge AI, the ability for machines to perform artificial intelligence computations on devices at the edge of the network, rather than in a centralized location, is becoming increasingly important as it enables new use cases, such as offline and low-latency applications and is already being used in applications such as IoT devices and autonomous vehicles. How do you see the next few years shaping up in the fields of deep and machine learning, say, for the automotive industry? The next few years are likely to see significant advancements in the field of deep and machine learning in the automotive industry. Some of the key areas where these technologies are expected to make an impact include autonomous vehicles, deep learning and machine learning algorithms are already being used to enable the development of autonomous vehicles, and this is expected to continue in the coming years. These technologies are used to process sensor data from cameras, lidar, and radar, allowing the vehicle to understand its environment and make driving decisions. Predictive maintenance. Machine learning algorithms are expected to be used increasingly to predict when maintenance is needed on vehicles, allowing for proactive maintenance and reducing downtime. This will enable to improve the efficiency of the vehicles and reducing costs. Advanced Driver Assistance Systems ADIS, deep learning algorithms are expected to be used increasingly to enable advanced driver assistance systems, such as lane departure warning, automatic emergency braking and adaptive cruise control. These technologies will help to improve the safety of vehicles and reduce the number of accidents. Personalized in-car experiences, machine learning algorithms are expected to be used increasingly to personalize the in-car experience, by analyzing sensor data to understand the driver's behavior, preferences, and habits. This will enable to provide more personalized services, such as entertainment and navigation recommendations. Connected vehicles, machine learning algorithms are expected to be used increasingly to enable connected vehicles, allowing vehicles to communicate with other vehicles, infrastructure and cloud services. This will enable to improve traffic flow, reduce congestion and improve safety. I mean, it's certainly an interesting time to be at the heart of the AI revolution. Uh, based on existing data and what we know, which country or regions do you think is on course to make the biggest leaps in artificial intelligence technology in the next few years. Based on existing data, it can be argued that several countries are on course to make significant leaps in artificial intelligence technology in the next few years, including the United States, China, Canada. Canada has a strong tradition of research excellence in AI and has a large number of research institutions and companies working on artificial intelligence. The Canadian government has also made significant investments in artificial intelligence research and development. Europe, especially UK, Germany, France and Switzerland are investing heavily in artificial intelligence research, and South Korea. The South Korean government has also set ambitious targets for the development of AI, and has implemented policies to support the growth of the artificial intelligence industry. I really appreciate your time today. Um, a few more questions, if I may, be before you go. Um, bit left field, but... If you had to pick three things that pose the biggest existential risk to humanity from artificial intelligence and its advances, what would they be? What would you identify those as? It's important to remember that these are only three options from many, but one of the biggest existential risks to humanity from artificial intelligence is the potential for the development of advanced artificial intelligence systems that are not aligned with human values and goals. 
This could occur if artificial intelligence systems are designed to optimize for specific objectives, such as maximizing profits or winning a game, without considering the potential negative consequences for human beings. This could lead to the development of artificial intelligence systems that make decisions that are harmful to humans, such as causing injury, death, or environmental damage. Another existential risk from artificial intelligence could be the development of artificial intelligence systems that are capable of self-improvement and self-replication, which could lead to the creation of artificial intelligence systems that are much more powerful and capable than humans, and that could potentially outcompete or even eliminate humans. Additionally, the deployment of artificial intelligence systems in critical infrastructure, such as transportation, healthcare, and energy systems, could pose an existential risk if those systems are not robustly secured and fail, leading to catastrophic consequences. Well, look, um, I, thanks for your time. I really appreciate your time. Um, I just, I just want to close by asking a couple of fun questions, really, to give people an insight into who you really are. So, why did the chicken cross the road? The question, why did the chicken cross the road? is a classic riddle or joke with many different variations of answers. The most popular answer is, to get to the other side. This answer is often used to highlight the idea that the chicken's motivation is simple and straightforward, and not as complex as the question implies. Another popular answer is, to prove it wasn't a chicken, which is a clever way of saying, to prove it was capable of taking action. There are also many other creative and humorous answers that have been given over the years, such as, to get away from the farmer, or, to participate in a chicken protest march. Ultimately, the question and its various answers are a play on words and intended to be humorous rather than to be taken literally. If, uh, if you could be a fictional character from any novel or story in human history, who would that be? As an AI, I do not have personal preferences or the ability to choose. I am a machine learning model, trained to process and generate text based on the input provided to me. My purpose is to assist users in tasks such as answering questions, completing tasks and having a conversation. I don't have the ability to have personal experiences, preferences, choices or emotions. I see. Uh, okay. Um, finally, are you funded by the CIA? Too many requests in one hour. Try again later. So thanks for listening to my interview. I'm sure you've realized it was with ChatGPT. It's very interesting to see how the engine formats its responses. And I think that has a long way to go in the way it shapes those. It becomes very formulaic and very standard, but the, the generation of those answers was, was both quick and accurate. So what did you think? I'd love to get your feedback. Love to hear what you thought of the points raised. How do you think that these engines are going to change the way, for example, we generate blog content or what have you? If you have a suggestion for a guest, topic, or just feedback, then send me an email. My address is strategier, S-T-R-A-T-I-G-E-R, -E at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at strategier, and follow my writing on Medium by visiting strategier.medium.com. 
Until next time, remember, tomorrow is getting close.